two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com tutor. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter and the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You're listening to the Tudor Dixon Podcast in the Clay and Buck Podcast Network. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. I am so excited today because we have one of our great GOP candidates for President of the United States here with me. I actually met this man while I was campaigning, and I have to say he is kind, genuine, and he absolutely loves this country. I'm thrilled to welcome North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum on the podcast today. But before I get to the governor, let me first tell you about a product I have in my home called EnviroCleanse. When you think about the air in your house, ask yourself, if all air purifiers are the same, why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify the air on board our Navy ships? We use it in our house because one of my girls suffers from severe seasonal allergies, and it really has changed her life. She has no more headaches, no more swollen eyes, and no more bloody noses. EnviroCleanse uses patented earth mineral technology and hospital-grade HEPA filter. This technology is so powerful, it destroys cold and flu viruses, COVID, allergy, inflaming toxins, mold, and even more. Their hospital-grade technology is so powerful, it's used in thousands of classrooms. The EnviroCleanse promise is far fewer colds and allergies and better sleep. You will receive a free air quality monitor with your purchase. Honestly, I'm telling you, test the difference in your home. Visit ekpure.com. Use code Dixon for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home air purification unit and free air quality monitor plus fast free shipping. That's $150 savings. That's ekpure.com code Dixon, ekpure.com code Dixon. Now let's welcome in Governor Doug Burgum. Thank you so much for joining me, Governor. Tudor, so great to be with you, and thanks for having me on your show. 
Thank you for coming on. I, like I said, I had the blessing of meeting you while I was campaigning, but I think that you're new to a lot of people around the country. So if you can just kind of give your background so people know, why did this man from North Dakota decide that he was going to do this? Because I think people, even when you were running for governor, said that and you showed them all that you were going to actually win. You came from behind. So tell us why you decided to do this and a little bit about who you are. Well, thank you, Tudor. Yes, no, I grew up in a small town in North Dakota called Arthur, little farming community, 300 people, gravel streets, not a computer, uh, incredible great life growing up there with two amazing parents, all the values, uh, American values you'd want to have about hard work and perseverance and uh, self-reliance and, and responsibility. And of course, my, I uh, got introduced to uh, uh, politics early. My mom was actually the Republican National Committee woman for North Dakota when I was a kid. Uh, and so I was, you know, familiar with that public service. My dad was always giving back. My dad was a World War II Navy vet, but just before they were going to get married, uh, Pearl Harbor happened. He went down the road to Castleton to the town 15 miles away, signed up for the Navy. And be- because he had a college degree from North Dakota State, they made him an officer. And as fast as they were building destroyers, uh, they were creating officers. And so uh, he married mom and then I got put on a boat built in Bremington, Washington, and was off to the war in the Pacific and didn't see her till the end of the war. And amazingly, he lived through that because, of course, the destroyers uh, were protecting the aircraft carriers. We took massive casualties at a, as a nation. Half of the, the MIAs in the history of the United States are World War II Navy sailors whose ships went down, never recovered. There's 151, 151 destroyers at Okinawa and 129 were hit by kamikaze. So it's only by the grace of God that I'm even here. But he made it through all that, got back to Arthur uh, after, you know, part of the greatest generation and and uh, started raising a family. And then when the, I was a freshman in high school, my dad passed away. And my mom, uh, you know, widow with three kids, went back to work. I got to see firsthand what uh, economic insecurity looks like. And and a mom, uh, you know, working to uh, make sure that she can put food on the table and pay the mortgage. And so I got to see that. And then in my mid-20s, jump ahead to that, I was uh, at 160 acres of farm ground I got from my dad. I'd seen uh, a, a, an Apple II computer as, as part of the work I was doing uh, and working in Chicago, actually, at the time. And because all the jobs, kids were leaving North Dakota, there was no economic future Saw, saw an Apple II computer and I'm like, wow, that's going to change the world. So I literally took 160 acres I got from my dad, bet the farm, and that became the seed capital for a little company called Great Plains Software. And and with that, uh, uh, you know, that thing uh, was uh, 18 years later, we were an overnight se- success story. We on from, from uh, you know, 10 kids uh, was starting out. We grew to 2,000. We had a great public offering. We had people working uh, for us uh, around the world, 1,200 team members in Fargo, 400 rest of North America, 400 rest of the world. I got a chance to travel the world, see the world and understand, you know, who we're competing with countries like China. Uh, I saw the you know, 1989, I was a kid. I, you know, with a software company, my first trip to China as a business person, and there was our software for sale in the street market for a bucket disc, uh, totally wow. pirating our stuff. So, I, I mean, so I've known they've been, so you they've know a little stolen bit about everything. what it's like to compete with China. Absolutely. And I mean, that was 34 years ago. They've been stealing every piece of software I've been involved with since then. But as you said, anyway, then you fast forward. So I had this amazing opportunity uh, to work w- with creating all kinds of value for shareholders, you know, creating all kinds of jobs. 
uh, and you know created more jobs than anybody else on the debate stage. I've been making payroll uh, since uh, my mid twenties, uh, you know, longer than anybody else on the stage. And when I was growing up, working on the farm, the ranch, working at the local grain elevator, uh, even worked as a chimney sweep to pay my way through undergrad. Uh, all of those were jobs where you took a shower at the end of the day. I mean, I understand working working Americans are going through right now with this crushing Biden inflation. But then in 2016, with the we had an open seat for governor in North Dakota. And like you, when you were jumping in, you said, hey, this matters. Public service matters. Leadership matters. And jumped into a race and everybody said, well, you can't win. Nobody's heard of you. You've never run for office before. Uh, and actually, we were down 59 points in the first poll. Uh, and we only had, we had less than six months to the primary. We jumped in the race anyway, and uh, we ended up winning that primary by 20 points. Uh, we ended up winning the general election in 2016 as an outsider coming in. Uh, and we won uh, in 2020 a reelect by over 40 points each time. So we won by the largest margins of any gubernatorial candidates wow. in the country both of those years. Wow, that's amazing. So you said something key there. You said you've created more jobs than anyone else on that debate stage that is running for president right now. Those folks are folks that have, uh, many of them have served the country, whether they've served in public service, whether they've served militarily and then in public service. But there is a difference between someone who's served in public service and someone who has created a business. And so when you talk about that, I think that's something that maybe the American public doesn't think about. If you've spent your life as a politician, you don't necessarily know what businesses need to grow, but you have created a business from scratch, grown it, like you said, created many jobs. So how do you take that to Washington, D.C.? What does that mean to the American people? Because they see the jobs report. We just had one that was a little better than expected. But certainly folks are concerned about the economy and businesses coming to the United States. Seen it as a small business uh, owner. Yeah, I've seen it as someone who was, you know, growing rapidly growing business. I've had an opportunity to lead, uh, you know, global uh, global software companies. And, and then I, when I jumped in as governor and get a front row seat on how the Biden administration and the red tape is choking every American and how the federal government overreaches, the states created the federal government, not the other way around. And there are so many things that the government does that is actually redundant with what the states do. We've got to focus on the 10th Amendment. We've got to return the power to the states. As it says, come over to the people. Those are the ones that have these powers and the federal government. And right now, I, as as a business person who's had the job creation and the making payroll experience and the work experience, but then translating that as a governor to what we've done in North Dakota, there's over 20 initiatives that the Biden administration right now is trying to jam down on Americans, and whether it's uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, the uh, Bureau of Land Management, uh, the, the EPA, uh, you just go on and on and on. And these aren't like little changes. These are like 800-page documents they send out to review and you read them. And it's it's like a complete takeover of the federal state uh, trying to jam down. Or if they will say, take something like environmental, North Dakota's 90% of our land is owned by farmers and ranchers. Most of them are fourth and now fifth generation families. Nobody cares more about the, the soil health, the air, the water quality, uh, what's going on than the people that live on that land that want to do it for generations. And then you've got some bureaucrat in Washington who's probably never been to our state or any of the other states, right, creating a bunch of rules, which are completely nonsensical because they might not, they, they, they don't make sense maybe for anybody, but certainly in a nation as that's got as much geographic diversity and, and 
as we do as this country and as much sort of environmental diversity as we have, you cannot create one size fits all. You cross this up and, and most of the stuff they're doing, we're already handling it at the states and we're doing a great job of it. So one of the ways well, to reduce it, the just the spending at the federal government is stop the redundancy and let the states do their job. And and that's something that Donald Trump was dinged on when he became president. He reduced regulations. The environmentalists came out and said, this is catastrophic. What you're saying is that these are redundant, but also they don't make sense. If, for the environmentalists out there, they're going, oh, gosh, if you if this guy gets elected, he's going to get rid of all regulation and the country is going to be a disaster and we're going to have all kinds of climate problems. Explain a little bit, like give us an example of something that you've seen that is absolutely ridiculous. That I mean, we see this all the time in Michigan, and we have high energy costs, and now we're going to all of these climate plans and electric vehicles and all of that. But this is happening to small businesses. This is happening to farmers. Give an example of what you're talking about from the federal level that you can change at the, and, and let the states handle. Well, Tudor, what you're talking about in Michigan is affecting everybody. I mean, our you can't separate uh, the economy from energy policy from national security and the Biden, uh, you know, and, and economy with the high interest rates, the inflation, absolutely 180 degrees in the wrong direction. One of the things that's driving that, some that's driving is this their energy policies, which I think must have been written by China because you can't take a America where we are a energy powerhouse and say we're going to try to kill the U.S energy industry and then we're going to replace it by going to all evs and we're going to buy all of our batteries from china who controls 85 percent of the rare earth minerals i mean this makes no sense at any level not from a strategic sense from a global stability sense not from an economic sense and it certainly doesn't make any sense from an environmental sense because examples like you can't get a pipeline built in this country from the Permian, which is you know texas new mexico out to the west coast and we're offloading oil and gas in in Long Beach every day to power, you know, a state that's got more internal combustion cars than anyone else. If we could be using U.S. energy, it would be cleaner. In New Hampshire, 41% of the homes are still being heated by by heating oil. At the time of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, we were offloading 400,000 barrels of oil a day equivalent into the northeastern part of our United States because between the Biden administration and the state of New York, you can't get a pipeline with clean natural gas from Pennsylvania up into New England. So we we talk about our energy strength, but because if you're blocking every pipeline that's you know that's attempted in this country, you're actually making the global the global environment less healthy and less clean. We certainly have that in the state of Michigan right now. We have the attorney general trying to shut down the pipeline that goes from Canada through Michigan. That's all of the propane that heats the homes in the upper peninsula of Michigan. And so this is definitely a a constant debate with the Democrats. They're trying to shut down our pipelines and to shut down our pipelines. Let's be honest. It means putting trucks on the road. There's not you're not eliminating this product. You're moving it in a different way and in a, a less safe way and in a more environmental environmentally damaging way, but it doesn't matter because the talking points on the left seem to win out. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. 
Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from 4Patriots is, quote, worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets, so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com slash tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash tutor. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Let's look at, for example, Virginia right now. We still hear a lot on parents' rights. We're hearing a lot across the country on parents' rights. That was a winning message, obviously, for Glenn Youngkin in 2020. That is something that people are concerned about. But now we're just we're getting back into the school year. It's the fall. We're seeing suddenly in colleges, this collegiate swimming, women are once again competing with men. I mean, we had women just last week out there saying we are now it's not it's bad enough that we go to meets and we're we're competing amongst women. But now we're competing against our own teammate because we have a man on the team. What do you say to universities, especially universities that are getting federal funding that are putting men on the women's swimming team? We just have to protect women's sports. That's the bottom line. And we need women competing against women, men competing against men. I mean, that's all you have to say. And we've done that in North Dakota. We protected women's sports in North Dakota. And this is something that uh, it's again, it's a patently unfair uh, and we should it just needs to be needs to be stopped. So yeah, there's been some complaints from 
folks in North Dakota about school choice, because you did have the opportunity to sign a school choice bill. That's something that we see, those of us who are on that side fighting for it, we see that as critical for folks in this nation, especially when we see these reports that are just coming out of Baltimore that are saying they have no reading or math proficiency for these kids. We want these kids to have options. If you become president of of the United States, what is your viewpoint on this since you did veto this bill in North Dakota? Well, I'm a huge supporter of school choice, a tutor. Uh, I asked for this bill. I pushed for the bill, tried to drive, you know, drive it through the legislature. But at the end of the day, by the time it got down, by the time it got to my desk, it had been so watered down. We spent $2 billion on K-12 in North Dakota. And this was a $10 billion bill. I mean, $10 billion that would have just been a small tuition subsidy for existing people going to parochial schools. It was not a school choice bill. School choice means that every student in every part of the state, in every geography should have a choice. And this didn't come close to that. And so I just basically said, look, you can't, can't, don't give the bill a name and then call it school choice. And, it, and it's actually just subsidizing a portion of the populace, fall, you know, like 5% of the students. I mean, that didn't make any sense. But school choice is absolutely necessary. But what we have done in North Dakota and what we need to do nationally is we've got to break the back of the teachers' unions. And we've also, one way to do that is to just get the red tape off of the schools. We've pa- we passed 51 red tape reduction bills this last year. And relative to schools, we've said, look, if team-based, hands-on, real-world learning is one of the ways that that students actually learn, instead of having schools exclude organizations like 4-H, like FFA, you know, like Boy Scouts, and say, hey, they can't even meet on our property, we said, no, actually, they should be able to meet, and they should get high school credit for it, because... The certificate programs, uh, whether it's 4-H Achievement or a Merit Badge, those are things where kids are learning real skills. And then we've driven a ton of money into career and technical education because in North Dakota, we have a thing called Choice Ready, one of the only states in the nation doing this, which is when a, when a student is a senior in high school, they've got to be ready to be, you know, choose the military if that's their career. We have a lot of kids and their seniors in high school that can't qualify for a military exam, physically uh, or emotionally mm-hmm. or academically. And then we've also want to have people have a choice about career and technical education, building career academies around our around our state. And this whole idea that was went on for decades, which is the only purpose for high school is to get kids ready for college. Then we send them to college, they get indoctrinated, and then we, you know, and then Biden wants to forgive all their student loans. I mean, that's not that that's not creating the workforce we need for the 21st century. And so our education system has to match so that when students come out of that system, they've actually got economic economic opportunity, not just something they can hang on the wall, and then another slip of paper that's a pile of student debt. Can you talk about the unions? The unions are certainly uh, an issue when it comes to education. They have a lot of power. We saw them have a lot of power through COVID. But you're also talking about, you're one of the candidates that has said that you would get rid of the U.S. Department of Ed. Now, obviously, this is generally a state's issue. For most of us, we get funding for our schools through the state. This is a taxpayer, state-by-state education is, is handled on the state level for the most part. But what does it look like to get rid of that department? How do you go about doing that? Well, there's this is would be a this is a step, and I think Ronald Reagan was actually the first one to call for this in 1980. So maybe after 40-some years, Republicans could actually get, get it done of getting rid of the federal department of education. It's not part of the Constitution. It's not part of the federal charter. 
and and it and you've got a in, in a bizarrely it's a small agency call it four thousand people that work there so this isn't a big federal workforce but those folks uh, you know go to work for a state you know go to work back in the private sector and take the 60 70 billion dollars that is passed through grants when the federal government starts shoving money they attach all kinds of all kinds of ideological attachments to it if you just do block grants to the state and let them do it uh, and or or to say hey look it's got to be tied to uh, you know career and technical education it's got to be cried towards you know doing something at k-12 that helps get the college college debt down i mean not 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 uh relieving debt but actually getting getting people in the careers where they don't have to go into college debt i mean have education at the k-12 level actually set people up for success so there's a, a bunch of ways that you could manage that and driving it through, but you've got to get rid of all the red tape that goes with those dollars is what's you know driving our education system in the wrong direction. So that's relatively easy. But if you want to reduce the size of the federal government, what I've learned as a business guy who came from the tech side of things, was in software for 30 years, when we were we were in the most competitive segment of any business in America, our products had to be better, faster, and cheaper tomorrow than today. There was no tariffs. There was no protectionism. There was no subsidies. There was no government regulations. You just had that was raw market competition. You had to be better or you went out of business. And that pressure never falls on the federal government or a state government. So one thing I've learned is inside of every job in every agency, there's 10 to 20% of the work that that, that government employee is required to do. And there are a lot of people that went to work in government because they did have a heart of service. These are not bad people. They've got bad job design and 10 to 20% of what they're doing is some mind numbing, soul sucking work that they, that they themselves know does not help a single citizen. In North Dakota, we say we ought to treat the taxpayers like the customers they are. They're the ones that are paying for these services. We've got to deliver services to them in a way that work in the cheapest and most effective way we can. And I think you could take 200 to 400,000 jobs out of the federal government and keep running the trains on time because in the first four months in North Dakota, we cut 27% out of our budget and didn't miss a beat on delivering services. There's that much, there's that much uh, waste that goes on every single day. And when we've got 10 million jobs open in America, uh, having some you know federal employees back in the private sector would also help the economy. Well, one of the other things that parents are worried about today in the school systems is drugs. I mean, in Michigan right now, there is a bill floating out there that the Democrats are trying to pass to say it's okay for kids to bring marijuana in the form of gummies if they've been prescribed that to the high school. We just had a mom on a few days ago who said her son, marijuana was the gateway drug for her son, that that ended up being a fentanyl poisoning and she lost him at the age of 25. So we're seeing more and more that kids are being exposed to these drugs. What is your answer federally on marijuana? A lot of parents say that this is the gateway. They want it to be stopped. Federally, it's still illegal. But you have states like mine, Michigan, pushing to say, hey, these guys, these these dealers can't use a bank. They can't legally operate. You've got to help us get this passed. What are you going to do if people come to you and say they want federally marijuana legalized? Well, I, I think, again, this is a state-by-state issue, and it's being being worked out. But, I mean, the drug issue that we have right now is just look at the statistics. Uh, I mean, you know, Nixon declared a war on drugs. If you look at the last couple of years under Biden, uh, fentanyl won that war. Fentanyl is winning it right now. We've taken, we've taken more casualties since Biden's been in office, uh, mass casualties in America from overdoses, than five Vietnams worth of casualties. I mean, 
107,000 his first year, 110,000 his second year. We're on track to be at least that high again this year. And so when we're talking about it's it's incomprehensible to think about what that means when you're when you're talking about numbers like you know higher than 260,000 overdose deaths. But if you think about it on a just a day rate, it's it's like we're losing three three we are losing 300 people a day. And like this mom that you talked to, these are sons, daughters, nieces, nephews uh, that are you know taking something maybe for the first time, but it's fentanyl waste. And and this is. You know, if Tudor, if we had a plane go down tomorrow in America with 300 people, and then we had another one that would go down the next day and another one go down the next day, by the third day in a row of having 300 people die in plane crashes, every American would know about it. Every American would be up in arms. Every American would be calling for action. Every American would be saying, this has got to stop because you've got innocent people that are dying. I, I, and, and that's happening every day with fentanyl. And the Biden administration allows us to have an open border this fentanyl and this is you know coming from china well, through they, mexico they just recently changed that though now they're yeah. suddenly going to build the wall they're going to and you have to yeah. remember right now you're a year out from an election so if he suddenly starts saying look i'm the guy that is putting up the wall i'm protecting people i'm going to take care of this country i'm going to stop this influx of migrants into new york city could can you as president create a massive national security issue and then at the last minute fix it or try to fix it and make the american people believe that you are the guy that's actually going to take care of them it's, it's a you're completely right to i mean it's like basically saying we've got an arsonist who's been throwing gas on a fire for two and a half years and suddenly he's going to be the fire chief and come and put it out i mean that makes no sense it's actually it's actually comical to me and the only reason i mean because when we had governor ducey in arizona governor abbott uh, in texas you know, screaming about this and other Republican governors like myself, we've been sending troops down to the border. We've had we've had North Dakota National Guard flying night missions in Lakota helicopters from San Diego to the Gulf Coast trying to stop these trans- transnational criminal organizations. I've been to the border more than Joe Biden has. And and it's a and down there just in August, the border is completely wide open. It's the equivalent of of all the people in Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Rhode Island, Joe Biden's home state of Delaware, throw in Montana. That's the number of people that have been processed, you know, into our country using paper, not computers, because we pulled the border patrol off. They don't get to do law enforcement. They're literally doing paperwork in tents, you know, sometimes at a cost. In one segment I was in, we were burning twenty million a month, uh, not on law enforcement, on processing. And then they have another thing on that on their metric they track called known getaways. Known getaways is now a million and a half. So there's a million and a half more on top of the number that I just gave you. And then now, would because uh, you've got a, a liberal mayor in New York that's being overwhelmed, that now the, the Democrats go, oh, gee, we've got a border problem. I mean, talk about, you know, this isn't too little too late. And these aren't just people coming from from Latin America, coming into our country. The segment that I was getting briefed on down on the Texas border, we had people from every country that's on the terrorist watch list had come across. Some of them are abusing you know, even things like the family separation, they come across with a minor with them. They're on the terrorist watch list and they go, oh, I can't be separated because I'm with a, I'm with a family. So the, the it's an actual joke, but it's a bad joke on the American people because the harm that's happening now and may happen in the future uh, from having this open border policy, it's, it's going to be, uh, I'm sure there'll be tragedies down the road because of this. 
Oh, well, there have been. I mean, we already have several angel families that can tell you that their lives have been permanently changed for the worse because of this open border. But it also is allowing these folks to come in and monitor whether they are a terrorist organization or they are folks coming over from China who has made it clear, the, the Chinese government has made it clear that they want to be the leader of the world. Right now, Joe Biden is the leader of the free world. The question is, how much longer is it free? China has the largest navy in the entire world. They are now watching us from Cuba, but they're also buying up farmland in the United States. They just bought up land in the middle of Michigan, not too far down the road from one of our military bases that is actually out there training Taiwanese soldiers to fight against the Chinese. And yet we move the Chinese right down the street from this base. How is this happening? What do, What is your answer to dealing with China as you see them talking to Russia, as you see them talking to Iran and North Korea? You have the axis of evil forming together right there in outside of the United States. If those four countries our allies suddenly, and they come together against the United States. How do you handle that as president of the United States? Well, the, the number one tool that we have to use that we're not using is energy. Uh, and you're absolutely right. I mean, Tudor, I mean, you've got North Korea uh, just met with Putin. They're sending arms. Uh, we're, at, yeah, we're in a Cold War with China. We're in a proxy war with Russia. We're edging our way towards World War III. We've got an administration that doesn't even acknowledge that we're in a Cold War. And, and then we've got Iran, I, which is also supplying, you know, drones to Russia. So they're they're already actively uh, in and as has been described, an axis of evil. They're already doing that. And then with the the the, the, the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, the not sending uh, arms to Eastern Europe ahead of the invasion, uh, ahead of the Russian invasion, not actually providing the deterrence that work. I mean, when someone invades, that's an example of when deterrence were in place. So Joe Biden failed on the deterrence. He failed on Afghanistan. And then now they failed on sanctions because when they, you don't get the whole world to buy into the sanctions, guess what? Russian oil is being sold to China at a discount. China imports 10 million barrels of oil a day. They're the most dependent nation in the world on external energy sources. And you can't build a pipeline here, but Russia's building a pipeline between Russia and China. Uh, and that's why you mentioned the world's largest navy. They've got the world's largest navy because they're trying to protect their sea lanes for all the oil and energy that they they import. And then this whole you know crazy thing about that somehow we're going to go to EV and save the world. China's building a coal plant every week. And when you know the Washington Post last week wrote an article about how amazing China was because they were adopting EVs faster than us. Well, they're adopting EVs because they're going to power them by coal. They're going to create coal-fired electricity with 1970s technology. We could be we could be exporting the kind of technology we have in North Dakota, where we've got clean coal, where we take the CO2 even out of coal in North Dakota. But that's not what they're building. So they're 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 powering. They're doing that because they don't even China doesn't want to be dependent on Russia. But Russia is their discount gas station for now. But they're trying to free themselves from Russia by building the world's largest coal fleet and going all EV. It's it's the whole thing is absolutely insane right now. Because our energy policies are destabilizing the world, moving us towards World War III, empowering dictators, and they're making the environment less clean globally than, than we were. If you cared about the environment, you would want every ounce of energy created in the United States. And instead, we've had four members of the Biden administration go meet with China this year. They're meeting with China. None of them brought up U.S. energy policy. The one club that we have, when, when we're an energy powerhouse and they're energy dependent, we're a food powerhouse. We have food security. China has to import food to feed their 1.4 billion people. 
And then, and then you know, they're, they're talking to them about CO2 emissions, which theirs are going up. They're the world's largest polluter. We're the one that's actually right. showing how to bring it down. And then we're not talking about the things that we could actually be using in, in a negotiation. But if you're in business and you come from business, you know how to negotiate. And Biden spent his entire life in Washington, D.C., you know, this is right. it's a failed strategy on how to actually accomplish this. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is, quote, worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets, so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 slash tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash tutor Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're talking about negotiating. You're talking, and negotiating in many cases is also saying, hey, we're going to withhold this unless you do this. I mean, you, you can be a tough negotiator. That last question I have for you is, that's been... President Trump's mantra. Donald Trump has come out and said that he will stop this war on day one with Ukraine because he's going to sit down with Putin and negotiate with him. What is your response to that? Is that something that you see as possible? Do you say the same? You can just sit down on day one and and end this war. Well, I I think we've got to understand the level that we're in because there's the kinetic war, which I'm sure is what you're referring to, which what's going on in Ukraine, but Russia's attacking us from a cyber standpoint every day. And they've been doing that, you know, since before 
President Trump was in office. That never stopped. It's continued to go on. And so we've got cyber war. We've got the kinetic war. We've got an economic war. We've got a diplomatic war. I mean, this, there's a lot, a lot of levers that we have an opportunity to pull, not just militarily, but economically, uh, information, the cyber war, and diplomatically. And we got to use every tool that we have against our enemies. Because right now, the, the I think Russia has met 40 times with the senior leaders of Russia, have met 40 times with the senior leaders of China. Those two are just growing closer and closer together. And of course, why? Because because again, China, who's our real enemy, they need Russian energy. And so we've got to make sure it's, it's more than, it's not just a point to point negotiation with one person, because, you know, who knows? You know, Putin's alive today, but the guy's a mob boss. He takes out other mob bosses. Who knows if he's going to be around? We've got to have a strategy that works for America right. and works for all of our allies. And as I say, the number one thing we can do is start selling energy to our friends and allies, stop buying it from our adversaries. I mean, we're, we're writing checks. And this, these sanctions like the Biden administration has on, on China are just like Swiss cheese. They're full of holes. I mean, this news that just came out today from their, you know, they, we were supposed to be blocking them from being able to build high-performing chips and they come out with a seven nanometer chip. And everyone's like, how in the world did they do that? Well, it's because we had holes in everything. The Biden administration has a thing called blacklisting Chinese companies. But if blacklist would mean you don't get to sell to them. But what you do is if you want to sell to them, you go to the Commerce Department and they give you a license, you do it. And we've sold tens of billions of, of sensitive stuff to China during the Biden administration, uh, even to companies that were, quote, blacklisted because it's just a facade. It's another it's another set of things that's not working. Well, we've seen a lot of things behind the scenes that we've talked about on this podcast that the Biden administration has done that has been incredibly dangerous to national security. But you know what? I would say to you, the talk on cybersecurity is something we don't hear enough about. There's a lot of stuff that has happened in the past few years with the laws changing, the having to have a backup in your businesses. I've actually, during my campaign, I will say that I talked to three businesses that had been ransomed. They Their information had been taken under control. Their, their cybersecurity was attacked. Their, all of their business history was ransomed and they ended up paying in some cases half a million dollars just to get their information back because they had no other choice. It's something that's happening more often to small businesses and people just aren't talking about that. And I would say you have experienced, this is your area and it's so scary because it's businesses one day, it's our homes the next, it's them shutting down everything. And that's something that we just aren't prepared for. And we really haven't had somebody in the political world that's been able to talk about that from a cybersecurity standpoint. So I would hit on that hard, but Governor Doug, Doug Burgum, we wish, wish you the best on the campaign trail. Why don't you tell people where they can find you before we let you go? I'll, I'll do that, Tudor, but I got to tell you on the cyber, I stepped into office uh, six and a half years ago and found out that basically there was no cyber team in North Dakota and none of the other states had them either. So we went on and built one of the top cyber teams in the country. We're now providing support to states around us. The North Koreans, the Russians, Iranians, Chinese get up every day and pay people to attack. They attack our cities, our schools, our tribes, our and actually state. And a state has got, of course, data across all kinds of you know citizen information, tax information, you know, traffic information, whatever, whatever it is, we've got all this information and it's our moral duty to protect that. But I mean, it's declassified now, but I mean, I, next time I'm on, I'll tell you about how the North Koreans were in a K-12 school system in North Dakota near the Canadian border where the parents of those kids are the ones protecting the Minuteman missiles that are aimed at North Korea. I mean, because we've got a huge swath of the U.S. nuclear arsenal is in North Dakota 
and they're literally attacking parents get into the school system to get an email address to get onto the home computer of someone who works for the North Dakota National Guard to mm-hmm. try to get at nuclear secrets. This is happening. No one's talking about it. Uh, it's like it's like the mainstream media. They don't want to talk about the southern border. They don't want to talk about the cybersecurity threats that are going on every day. Uh, and, and with AI, it's just going to get more challenging. And and you talk about the the energy being so important. That is a place where we are vulnerable on a cybersecurity attack as well. I mean, we look at what happened with the pipeline in Florida. You look at what could happen if if they shut down our grid in any area and then start going through that stuff. You know, they they get in there, they can get that information. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that the average American doesn't think, well, if I go onto this website, then I'm vulnerable. We just don't talk about it. And we don't talk about the fact that you have people putting iPads and Chromebooks into our schools and those connect back to our homes. And not that the schools are doing that, but you're right. That can get it goes straight to our national security. It is scary. Yes, and we're the only state we passed a bill uh, that does require in our school system on K through college that at whatever level you are, if you're a fourth grader and the teacher gives you an assignment, we are actually teaching the appropriate levels of cybersecurity on how to stay safe mm-hmm. when you're online at every grade level all the way through because you can't just be like, oh, hey, there's this amazing, amazing global network. You have to understand how to navigate it safely. Uh, Tudor, one last thing. You said the smartest thing I've heard anybody say on on a lot. I get I'm, I'm doing a lot of interviews these days. But you talked about that pipeline in Michigan and how if the pipeline is shut, it moves to moves to trucks. And you understand that the Biden administration, when they attack U.S. energy and they attack it, they're not actually reducing demand. They're just restricting supply. And when you restrict supply. It moves to another form of transportation, which often can be more dangerous and more expensive. That drives inflation up, and it, and it also takes more CO2 emissions to deliver it. So it actually makes the environment worse, it makes the public less safe, and it makes the prices higher. You get that by what you said. And we can't keep having policies that are restricting supply when global demand is not going down. Global demand for energy and liquid fuels is going up. And so it, the, the, the Biden energy policies, as I say, written by China, are guaranteed to be inflationary, just guaranteed to be inflationary. And they're also guaranteed to make the environment less safe. Thank you for understanding that. Thank you for having me on the show. Fun to talk to somebody who actually understands this. Yeah, well, help us help the rest of the country understand. We've got one bridge from the lower peninsula to the upper peninsula, and we certainly don't want a propane truck on there every few hours. So that would be devastating if something happened there. You're right. It's incredibly dangerous. But Governor Doug Burgum, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on today. And thank you all for listening to the Tudor Dixon podcast for this episode and others. Go to TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or head over to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast and join us the next time. Have a blessed day. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com tutor to get your solar generator generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com/tutor. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.